We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind. I'm your host today, TJ Zwarich. Stevie is out, not feeling too well. So, subbing in, hopefully, helping you win on Tuesday because we got a big 12 game DFS slate ready to break it down with my guy, Keith. Just had crunch time with you a few hours ago. It's nice to see your face again. I feel like we hadn't had a show together in a long time. I mean, maybe you asked. To, for some time away from me after our morning drive, uh, <laughs> issues where I forgot to press live a couple weeks ago, but it's nice to see you again, my dude. Yeah, good to see you too, man. Um, great to be back on with you. I, I do see we are live now, so definitely had to check that, but no worries on that one. Um, another massive slate here. We get to run it back with the Braves and Coors again. We'll see how that ends up. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez did his thing Monday night. Kyle Harrison off to a fantastic start, so I'll be picking Having one eye on that as we're going through this big 12-gamer here for Tuesday. 
Yeah, the uh, lock button, Grayson Rodriguez on DraftKings take from crunch time going pretty well. I see Ron Moreno in chat did the same thing. Uh, XXX flying arm bars got uh, Santander and Duval uh, on his team who both hit home runs. Same with Royce Lewis. So people are cooking in chat right now. Hopefully we can keep that going on to Tuesday. We got 12 games, so we might as well get right into it. We got the Chicago White Sox at the Baltimore Orioles. Dean Kramer going up against Jesse Schultons. 5.2K. Do you got any interest in Schultons going up against Baltimore? So a lot like we talked about yesterday, the Braves are expensive yet again. We're going to want to play some Braves. We're going to have to do some uncomfortable things at at pitching. Um, There is one guy I really like down here. Schultons is kind of more just in the pool because he might be necessary. Um, I don't like the matchup against Baltimore. Um, he he did throw – he is th- throwing over 90 pitches here recently. Three of his last four starts have been over 90. So it's a fully stretched out starter. He's 5,200. For that reason, I might keep him in the pool, but I'm, I'm definitely not excited about it. You sounded like you were on like uh, Shark Tank there. For that reason, uh, I'm uh, going to be out. Um, but for that reason, uh, I'm, I'm going to be in. But just at uh, at the at ten percent, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can get quite to Schultons on a twelve game slate. But from an MME perspective, I totally understand leaving them in the pool just because a five K pitcher that you can potentially get a hundred uh, hundred pitches out of, he doesn't even have to be good. He just has to get a little lucky, and you can get fourteen points and be fantastic for that price. How about Dean Kramer on the other side? Rodriguez just went well for us the night before. Kramer in the same matchup, 7,700. Uh, I like him quite a bit in this spot. Yeah, 7,700, great matchup against the White Sox. Uh, we talked about it on Crunch Time. The White Sox are just terrible at this point in the season. Kramer's had a nice year. He's not a huge strikeout guy. Like I don't think he has quite as much upside as Grayson Rodriguez had on Monday night. Um, but it's been an okay season for him. He's around 21% strikeouts on the year. So definitely in play at 7,700 with this match matchup against the White Sox. Yeah, I'm with you as well. Maybe not quite as high of upside, but maybe just a little safer feeling as well. Like the a little bit more pedigree, not from, I guess, name value because Rodriguez is a stud prospect, but been in the league a little bit longer and doesn't have quite that same tendency to get wild as Rodriguez does. What about these Baltimore bats? What, what about these White Sox bats going up against Kramer? Personally, I think I'm just going to be totally out, except for um, maybe like a Robert or a Jimenez one-off. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a, it's definitely not a full stack for me. They are extremely cheap, though. Um, there's just not a lot of talent in the lineup. Is is the main problem? Robert is priced appropriately. Um, I do like the Eloy call at, at 4K. Um, Kramer has had reverse splits in his career. So he's, he struggles with right-handed power. Eloy theoretically still has some of that left. Um, he's obviously dealt with a ton of injuries over the last couple of years, but I, I don't mind Eloy. Andrew Vaughn, another guy that, that you could certainly play, but probably not enough talent to make it even a mini stack, but I don't mind uh, chasing home runs with Vaughn or Jimenez. Yep. I agree. Might as well just make that a little mini stack. If you want to include both of those guys, what about Baltimore going up against Schultons? Um, this will probably be an ownership thing for me. I don't imagine they're going to be chalky at all. And if they are going to be low owned, I'll feel similarly about them that I did on Monday in terms of just if they're low owned, I think this is going to be a great contrarian stack because they do have the upside as they're showing 
and, and they're, they're in the middle of showing uh, right now, or maybe the game's done as we just finished talking. But uh, what do you think about the Baltimore Orioles going up against Schultons? Yeah, definitely interested. Above average offense. We don't quite know what Schultons is on the other side. I don't. I don't think he's anything special. So I'm. I'm certainly not afraid of of stacking up Baltimore here. Um, Henderson coming off of a big game Monday night. Love him. Fifty four hundred. Like they're they're pricey, but I think their their prices are worth it. Um, I, I really like Henderson. I like Adley Rutschman. Mullins is is up to forty nine hundred, but he's been hot here lately. Um, you get you get guys like Frazier and Ryan O'Hearn is a guy I loved Monday night. Really like this spot again for O'Hearn at thirty three hundred. Frazier in a stack only at, at thirty three hundred would be fine as well. Yeah, Santander has been hitting the ball really well lately as well. Don't mind uh, getting to him and Henderson in a mini stack, and then all of you, those guys you mentioned as a full stack. Washington at Toronto, eight and a half total in this one. We have. Uh, Mackenzie Gore going up against Jose Barrios. Any interest in Mackenzie Gore, seventy four hundred, going up against the Blue Jays? I think I am going to have to be out on Mackenzie Gore. Like he just has not had the leash here. He gets a very right handed heavy Toronto lineup. Um, like Mackenzie Gore's pitch count just it seems to be trending in the wrong dis- direction. He has not been over ninety pitches in four straight starts. Um, eight, just 80, his last time out against the Yankees, 85, 83, the time before that. So I think we're looking at 80 to 85 pitches here, um, against a very right-handed Toronto lineup. Uh, I, I like the price and I think there could potentially be some strikeout upside. I'm just not sure that we get more than like five innings out of him in this spot. There, there's just going to be other guys I would prefer to go to. Yeah, I agree with you. I can't see myself getting to Gore in this one. What about Jose Barrios, 8,800 on the other side going up against Washington? Low strikeout team. I think that price is just a little bit too high for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Didn't have much interest in Gaussman on Monday because of the low strikeout matchup, and it's kind of similar to Barrios. We're not getting a discount here. Um, He's he's fully priced, and he's not even the elite strikeout pitcher that, that Gaussman was. So I am probably out as well. I'm, I'm going to try to spend down it pitching as much as I can again here for Tuesday. And uh, Barrios is likely out of the pool. Yeah, I agree. No Barrios for me. What about Washington going up against Barrios? I don't want to play him, but I really respect uh, him as a, as a pitcher. And so I can't really see myself going to Washington on a 12-game slate. Yeah, there's just not any power in this lineup. So it's very difficult to want to full stack these guys. Um, if I was chasing home runs here, I'd be looking for lefty power and Washington just doesn't have a ton of that or any of it really. Um, CJ Abrams is, is up to 4,900. So don't, don't even love that as a one-off. He does have a little bit of pop. He has great speed. Um, so I don't mind Abrams, but I'm not in love with the price or anything. There's, there's really not much here for Washington. Yep. Same page for me. What about Toronto going up against uh, Mackenzie Gore? Uh, Toronto statistically really not great against lefties, but it doesn't make a ton of sense based on the batters that they have in that lineup. Having said that, Bichette is day-to-day, might not be in the lineup on Tuesday. Uh, Matt Chapman is on the IL, one of their better bats against uh, left-handed pitching. So maybe this gives us a, a, a pretty cheap, Toronto Blue Jays stack, but uh, how do you how do you feel about the Jays? 
Yeah, I mean, I have a lot, a lot of respect for Mackenzie Gore as a pitcher. He he does have big strikeout stuff. He's I, I'm just not sure how deep he's going in this game. Um, and Washington's bullpen is really bad. So I do have slight interest in Toronto. Um, David Schneider is somebody who's kind of jumping off the page to me. He's been amazing here in his first taste of the big leagues. Um, 4,300, he's second base, base eligible. I really like that. Um, don't mind either of the catchers, Jansen or Kirk. Um, they're both in the low three Ks. Um, obviously Vladdy and, and Springer are fantastic. Um, I don't like it. They've struggled against lefties this year, but th- that doesn't bother me. They've both been awesome against lefties throughout their career. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think I can talk myself into a full Toronto stack. Gore has, uh, struggled with the walks this season as well. Should be plenty of traffic on the bases here. So I, I do have some interest in Toronto. Don't look now, but Vladdy's finally starting to play better baseball. 11 hits in his last eight games on an eight-game hitting streak. A couple of home runs in there, and his price hasn't gone back up yet. He's cheap on both sites. Uh, I don't hate the idea of some Vladdy, Springer, Merrifield, Davis Schneider, um, Danny Jansen, or Kirk, whoever gets in there. I think it's an interesting spot for them. So uh, I can't imagine they're going to be very highly owned, and so I think they're going to make for a strong contrarian tournament stack houston at boston big 10 total in this one boston's favored by one and a half runs we have brian bayo we have uh jp france i feel like we just saw this matchup uh with these two guys going up against each other like uh, a week ago or something uh do you have any interest in france at 8200 I do not. Um, going into Fenway Park is a, a very difficult thing to do. Um, this Boston offense just does not strike out very much. Uh, he is pretty neutral splitsy, so like it doesn't bother me that they're left-handed. Um, it was a huge reason I was off of Javier on Monday, but that not as big of a deal for France. It's more the ballpark, and, and Boston's just a, a very contact-heavy team. I don't see this as a strikeout spot for him, so 8,200. Going into Fenway, I'm, I'm out on France. Houston's a very tough matchup, but Brian Bayo just went seven innings against these guys in his very last start a few days ago. Uh, do you have any interest in Bayo at 8K going up against Houston? This one's tough for me too, and it, it's really just the ballpark. The The Vegas total kind of says the story here. Like, we expect some runs here. It, it's Fenway Park. Um, he's facing them in back-to-back starts too, which – typically limits strikeout upside. He only had four strikeouts in his seven innings against Houston down in Houston as well. So I don't see this as an upside spot for Bayo either. Um, I wouldn't necessarily kick him out of a lineup, but I wouldn't be, um, he's not a guy that I'm going to be like seeking out to go overweight on at all. I definitely am. I can't imagine he's highly owned at all. So I'm definitely going to have interest in like a MME type scenario. If he's going to be like 6% owned, I'll probably try and get about 15%, something like that. How about Houston going up against him? Bayo is pretty decently splitsy. I don't think I want to full stack Houston here, although they did just go off uh, for, I think, 14 runs, 13 runs on Monday night. Uh, So Houston, definitely a high powered offense. I don't love the matchup. But Alvarez and Tucker individually as one-offs, I like quite a bit. Yeah, I love the big lefties. They're expensive, got to pay for them, 5900 for Tucker, 6100 for Alvarez, but definitely worth it in this spot, in my opinion. Um, like, I wish they had a little bit more left-handedness to them, to this lineup, for me to want to full stack it. 
Um, you can certainly play guys like Altuve and Bregman in any matchup, but Bayo does struggle more to lefties. Strikeout rate is a lot worse to lefties. Um, so if we had a few more of them in here, I, I would like the stack more. Maybe Singleton cracks the lineup as, as a cheap guy. Hasn't really um, gotten off the ground yet with uh, since he's been called up. Abreu's back now, so he may not even be in there. Um, yeah, it, I'm struggling to find a full stack here is the only problem. Um, because if, if you go with the, the premium guys, it's, it's almost as expensive as the Braves, like, uh, Bregman and Altuve are both up around six K as well. I don't love the full stack here. I I'll probably just use Tucker and, and Alvarez as one officer or as a expensive two man. What about Boston on the other side? Because I feel very similarly to Boston as I do Houston. I think the upside is a hundred percent there. This is a good offense, but there's like out like Duval, Devers, potential one-offs, but this feels like a stack that I want to make sure I include in my pool, but I have no interest in like specifically targeting. Yeah, I, I kind of feel similarly, and it's like the pricing is tough on, on Boston as well. Duval has been red hot, so love that call. Uh, love playing Devers on, on any slate and any matchup. So so with you on that one, but I don't really want to play 4,900 for Justin Turner. Uh, Trevor Story hasn't really taken off yet since he's been back, he, but yet he's still priced at 4,600. I do like the Verdugo price at 4,500. Um, let's see here. Who is – Abreu is a guy I would want to play. He went on the paternity list on Monday, so I'm not sure that he he will be back for this one. He's only 3K. I, I would really like this spot for him. Um, they just called up another top prospect. Um Rafaela, I'm not seeing him in the player pool though as of yet. He is a min he, he price is, outfielder. He is minimum price. Um, so if Sedane Rafaela is in the pool, I could definitely get on board with some of that super talented prospect, big time speed, big time power. Um, so him at 2K would would be very interesting. Love me a minimum price prospect, so I would be all aboard there as well. Good call. Kyle Harrison through two innings has five Ks. I think we made a pretty Maybe. good call. Uh, pretty good call on that one. Not to not to gloat too early, but when a guy's that cheap and he's already got five strikeouts, uh, pretty good base level of points there to uh, to fall back on. Texas Rangers, New York Mets. We got an eight and a half total in this one. Uh, oh my gosh! How I it's I wish I had not two different tabs for like the pitchers and then the totals. Because every time I go back and forth, it's like it's so hard to actually make it clicking back in time. Eight and a half total in this one. Texas Rangers have Andrew Heaney going up against Jose Quintana for the Mets. Any interest in Andrew Heaney, 7,200? They're tempting us with this price. Um, Heaney has not been good of late. Um, the strikeouts have been down. Like with the Dodgers last year, he was striking out a ton of guys. He has been more around league average with the strikeouts this year. So I don't love the matchup against the Mets. It is a, a fantastic ballpark um, here in City Field. I'm just I'm concerned about the strikeouts a little bit. 7,200 is is a nice price, even though he's not a guy that goes deep into games. If he can give you five or six innings and six or seven strikeouts. Like the problem is he just hasn't really been that guy this year. He's, he's down to 24% strikeouts. Whereas last season, I think he was up around, he was over 30%, 35% last year. So he's, he's just not that guy anymore. Um, which makes the lack of length a little bit of a problem. 
but I do like the ballpark and I like the price. So I, I have some slight interest. I'm just not excited about it. The price is enough to make me definitely want to take some shots because if you look at his game log, which isn't something we typically want to do too much of in baseball, but what I find interesting is he is still that guy sometimes. You do see these like really big strikeout spike games um, where it's like he's sucked for the last few. And then right before that, he had 11 Ks. Uh, he, he has a bunch of eight, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games uh, mixed in there throughout. And so it's what I kind of see is just like the good Heaney is still the good Heaney. We're just seeing the bad Heaney a lot more this year than we did last year. Um, and so 7,200, I definitely want to take some shots, um, but de- not somebody I'm going to feel comfortable relying on by any means, just that I want to get some pieces of that upside. What about Jose Quintana on the other side? 6,300. He's put together a few decent games, um, but I can't, even at 6,300, I don't think I can do it against Texas. Yeah, just a really tough spot. Um, he, he's be- he has survived some really tough spots before. Um, at the Atlanta start comes to mind. I know like people were all over Atlanta in that game and, and as they should have been, but he just kind of survived six innings and, and got the job done Four strikeouts. It's not exciting, but 15 DK points against, um, Atlanta, that, that would be useful. Uh, flying armbar in chat says Cole Reagan's chalk. Like that's, that's who we're comparing him here to like Reagan's has been incredible. He's in this same price range. Um, like there's just so much more upside with Reagan's. It, it kind of reminds me of the Kyle Harrison situation from Monday night where you've got this young, exciting pitcher who could go out there and strike out eight guys to, or 10 guys if he can get deep enough into the game. And then we have like old guys like Wade Miley was the guy on Monday night. Jose Quintana is the guy on Tuesday night. Same situation. We're just not excited to play that old guy when we've got this young, exciting uh, new pr- prospect who has just been crushing, crushing here recently. So uh, as long as Reagan stays in that 20% range that we saw from um, uh, Harrison on Monday night, I don't think I need to go here. But if he starts climbing up into like the 40% range, then maybe I'm looking for pivots in this down here in the 6K range. Derek Ringering, I think this is in reference to Andrew Heaney saying uh, lack of length is always <laughs> a problem. That's let me tell funny. you, let me tell you, Derek, not, not always, because if you're talented enough and you know what you're doing, if you've really mastered your craft, you don't need the length. You can get those strikeouts in 80 pitches. You can still strike out seven or eight guys. See what I did there? Keith made the pivot. Still make sure we're talking about baseball. <laughs> Fantastic uh, stuff. <laughs> but, um, what about offense in this one? Do you have any any interest in Texas going up against Jose Quintana, who has been surprisingly decent this year? I'm still interested. Um, Texas has hit a little bit of a snag in their – in their season here, they were, they've been amazing all year long. They really need to start putting together some wins. Uh, Seattle has actually passed them in the, in the NL West. So they need to get their stuff together. If they are going to hang on to that playoff spot, the Astros are hot, hot on their tail as well. So Texas needs to pick it up. I like this lineup against lefties. Adoles Garcia jumps off the page. I don't mind Corey Seager lefty lefty, especially when it's a low, low strikeout guy like Quintana. Uh, Simeon is great. An- another, like those three are, are very expensive. There is some value here that, that we can help fit in two or three of those guys though. Um, Jonah Heim, somebody I'm looking at $3,600 at catcher. Lo- love that. Um, Tavares is a guy and, and Ezekiel Duran, both in the low three Ks like playing both of those guys. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the full Texas stack. 
I think Garver is probably going to be one of my favorite one-offs on the slate. Been absolutely smashing the ball lately. Three home runs in the last week um, throughout his career has always uh, mashed lefties pretty well. And they've been batting him fourth, fifth, at worst sixth lately. And so if you get him in the cleanup, maybe fifth spot, I'm going to really like some Mitch Garver. Um, Mets on the other side of things, Andrew Heaney really can get wild and not so great sometimes. Um, if the Mets are going to be chalky, I think that's going to make me want to play Heaney more. If the Mets go overlooked in this spot because it's a 12-game slate, I think they're going to make for a great tournament stack. And Pete Alonzo, one of the very strongest one-offs on the slate. Yeah, a great spot for Alonzo here against the lefty. City Field, not a great park to chase home runs in. That's generally what we want to do against Heaney. Uh, but Alon- no park can hold Alonzo. Absolutely love him. Very interested in Lindor as well, 5,100 um, shortstop position. Certainly don't mind that. Um, the problem beyond that is this lineup falls off in a hurry. Uh, Nimmo, lefty-lefty, I'm, I'm not in, in, excited to play him. Alvarez has been good this year, but he, uh, weirdly enough, he's had reverse splits. Um, I, I still do like Alvarez at 3,900 at, at catcher. Beyond that, it gets ugly in a hurry. Um like they're probably not going to play Vogelbach and Stewart against the lefty, so I'm not even sure who we're looking at in this lineup. To be to be con- completely honest, um, like I'm trying to find the value pieces who are going to sub in for Vogelbach and like Vientos is probably in there. Probably going to bat second. Uh, Danny Mendick. Like these are not exciting names, so yeah. it, it it falls off in a hurry. It's probably more of a mini stack for me. Alonzo and Lindor, the the real targets here. For what it's worth, I think like Lo Castro at twenty one hundred. If they do end up batting him like first or second, I think he's somewhat interesting to include in the mini stack. But yeah, I'm with you. Maybe not super enticing as a full stack. Cleveland and Minnesota eight total in this one. We have Gavin Williams going up against Pablo Lopez. Any interesting Gavin Williams at eighty six hundred? Getting pricey for Gavin going up against the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I don't quite understand the price. Um, I guess that the ten, the back-to-back double-digit strikeout games is kind of when his price spiked, but he's come back to earth a little bit since then. Um, feels just like I, I love targeting Minnesota because they strike out so much. I love Gavin Williams as a talented young pitcher. I just I don't love this price tag. Um, I'll have I'll probably take some shots just because he has shown that double-digit strikeout upside. Um, Going to be a lower lower exposure guy, though, just because of the 8,600. Um, like, there, there's a path to it going well. But Minnesota is also a powerful, dangerous offense, so I don't love it. Um, but I will probably chase some strikeout upside with, with a few large field tournament throws. Agree with everything you said. Nothing to add there. What about Pablo Lopez going up against Minis- or going up against Cleveland? Cleveland, not a high strikeout team, but not a very uh, – dangerously uh, powerful team either Lopez one of the more consistent pitchers in baseball this year after until his uh, game where he struggled last week 10-8 decent price tag but with Atlanta and Coors and so many other te- uh, people we want to pay up for I just don't see myself paying up all that option all that often today and definitely not paying all the way up for a guy like Lopez yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I think Pablo Lopez is probably the safest pitcher on the entire slate. I'm not scared of Cleveland whatsoever, but this is exactly why I didn't have a ton of interest in Kevin Gaussman 
on Monday night. It's the same conversation. Like I want to use my salary for the bats. I think there are so many elite offenses that are going to put up big time games. That's really like what I'm interested in here. So spending almost 11 K on a pitcher against a low strikeout offense is, is just not something I see myself doing all that often. If you want to play him in cash games, definitely like totally fine. I think he's safe. I just, I don't see this being a nine, 10 strikeout performance. And that's what I'm looking for. If I'm going to pay almost 11 K. Same page for me. What about the bats against him? Cleveland going up against Lopez. No, we're not going to do it. Let's skip it. Minnesota going up against Gavin Williams. GPPs only for me, like you said, they're high, they strike out a lot, but they also got a lot of power there too. We saw on Monday night, Minnesota can absolutely go off. And so this is still a pretty inexpensive team. Polanco, Correa, Lewis, Kepler, Julian, Jeffers, Walner. I like all of these guys. And so I think a full stack is absolutely on the table just in case we get the young and wild Gavin Williams, as opposed to the locked in striking out 10, 10 guys, Gavin Williams. Yeah, I, I'm definitely interested. I like, I like the pricing here on Minnesota um, Polanco and, and Correa over 4k Royce Lewis just squeaked over for 4,100 um, coming off a big game from Monday night, but everybody else is really cheap. Love the Kepler and Julian calls Walner at 3,200. Very interested. I'm going to cheap, Keep chasing Joey Gallo's power, even though that that goes bust more often than than it works out. Um, he's still really cheap, and and that big power is still in there. So, agree. Like Minnesota, I can use them either as a, a cheap three man or or full stack them. I think they have enough uh, upside to to be in contention here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. 
Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Kyle Harrison finally gave up a hit, but he's got seven strikeouts through three innings. Dude's dealing. That stuff is filthy, man. Slate breaking performance. It's looking like for uh, Kyle Harrison on Monday night. Next up, we got the Padres and the Cardinals. Uh, nine total in this one. Padres are just coming off of a pretty disappointing performance against Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright doing whatever he can to get to that 200th win. And St. Louis says, nah, you've been terrible all year. You're trying to do all right now. You think we're just going to pick it up for you? <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Not going to happen. Tuesday night, though, we have uh, Seth Lugo going up against Zach Thompson. Do you have any interest in Lugo going up against St. Louis at 7,900? I don't know what to do with the, this situation. Like, I, I like the price tag on Lugo. I think that there that he has some potential. He's shown flashes of being a, a really solid pitcher this season, which a bit a bit surprising after he spent most of the career pitching out of the Mets bullpen. Moving to the rotation this late in the career is is hard, something that's really hard to do. So props to him for putting together a really nice season. This Cardinals offense, like it it feels scary when you look up and down the order, but like they they have been beatable this season. So I think I do have some interest in Lugo at, at seventy nine hundred. He's an average strikeout pitcher, uh, right around league average at twenty three and a half percent on the season. He's he's getting that leash back, like we saw. For a while there, he was he was only going about 85 pitches, up to 93 in his last one, 104 the, the time before that. So um seems like he's healing up and, and giving the the Padres um, some of that length that we discussed earlier. Uh, so I, I like the leash in the spot. This Cardinals offense is has been hit or miss. So 7,900 for Lugo, I think I'm in. I love doing shows with you because you give such great in-depth pitcher breakdowns that I don't even have to add anything. We can just move on to the next guy. Zach Thompson, uh, 5,600 going up against San Diego. Tough matchup. Not really somebody we'd want to target, but at least five strikeouts in four straight games, at least 13 fantasy points in four straight games. Is this a cheap close your eyes and cross your eye and cross your fingers guy you can take a shot on? I, I think it is. Um, San Diego, as some might say, has been gutless here recently. Yeah. Um, they, they burned me on on Monday quite a bit. Um, Zach Thompson, the strikeouts have translated to the rotation. Another guy who spent a ton of time pitching out of the bullpen this year um, has has had some success since moving into the rotation. He's starting to get stretched out. Ninety pitches in his last one was really encouraging. If he can maintain that. What's his strikeout rate on the season? He's up at twenty, almost twenty nine percent on the on the season. I think that falls down a little bit, but he's been giving us a strikeout per inning. So if he can get through six innings and six strikeouts, that's twenty DraftKings points. You definitely take that for for fifty six hundred. This is definitely it's going to be um, what I was talking about with Ray. Like I know I want to play. I'll, I'll be way over the field on Reagan, regardless of what his ownership is. Um, but again, if he's, if he's 40%, maybe I just cap that and, and match the field. Um, and then I'm looking for pivots and Th- Thompson is certainly in that conversation. Not a great matchup on, on paper, but that $5,600 price tag 
and a guy that has some strikeout ability is intriguing. Not a great matchup on paper, but when you factor in where San Diego is ranked on the gutless rankings, you can actually just add a full 2.73 to Zach Thompson's projection. And then all of a sudden it looks quite a bit better. Um, I'm with you there. San Diego bats going up against him. Honestly, I, I get playing either offense in this spot. Like I totally understand it. I don't think I'm going to do it. I personally just want to cross off both of these teams. Um, I'll let you roll here on both as I quickly get up and uh, open the door to my dryer because it's done and it won't stop beeping. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, I, I have a little more interest in San Diego th- than you do. Um, I, I know it's it's been a rough season for them, but like against the lefty, one guy I know I want to play is Hassan Kim. He has absolutely smashed lefties this season. Um, a breakout season all around, but he's been especially good against lefties. 5K, um, second base eligible is is what I really like there. Leading off for this offense, um, I, I love Kim. Machado at 5,200, definitely like him. It, the full stack is is difficult because you, like, you're probably going to want to save some money with guys like Garrett Cooper. Um, Gary Sanchez certainly in, in that mix, but Kim is, is the guy I really want. And, and Tatis is obviously playable in any matchup. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I did kind of undersell the Padres. I like t- taking them against lefties a lot more than I like taking them against righties. Um, and so I think that makes a lot of sense to uh, get to them in this spot as well. I don't know if we got wind blowing in in this spot, but we got a Wrigley game. You're a Cubs guy. Maybe you'll know what's going on. We got a, a Wrigley game, and there's a seven total in this one. Yes, there's two great pitchers, but a seven total is pretty darn small. Uh, Justin Steele, Corbin Burns. Uh, do you got any interest in Burns at 10-6 going up against your Cubs? I, I cannot pay 10-6 for Corbin Burns. He just has not been the same elite pitcher this year. The Cubs have been an outstanding offense uh, in the second half of the season. When I looked before yesterday, they were they were second in all of baseball in WRC plus in the second half, behind only the Braves. They they did not do anything Monday night, so maybe they've fallen back from that in the, in this small sample that we're talking about here. Um, but there, there's still plenty of talent in the Cubs offense. Burns has not been the elite strikeout guy, the 30 percent plus guy that that he was for the last several years. So, 10-6 for Corbin Burns, just the dynamics of the slate with the Braves and Coors and the other elite offenses that we've already talked about as well. Like, I don't think I'm paying for Corbin Burns in this spot. The total does, like, it. it's like they're two great pitchers, uh, but the total is low enough that it makes me think the wind will be blowing in here. Even That being said, like, it's the strikeout upside that I'm concerned about. The Cubs see a ton of pitches. Um, they do strike out at plenty, uh, but, like, I just think, I feel like they make him work too much unless he strikes out 10 in, like, six innings. Um, it's going to be tough for him to pay off this price tag, I think. In the MME pool, but not somebody I think I'd need to go to in a smaller amount of lineups. I've I've been at the stage lately where I just kind of feel like if you out, outside of Spencer Strider, you can almost just ignore the highest price guys and find somebody cheaper. And it's been going well almost every night. Like I find it very, very seldom that I find myself kicking, find myself like upset that I didn't get to more of these expensive pitchers. Justin Steele, 
we don't even need to play this game. I can tell you exactly what he's going to do. He's going to pitch about six innings. He's going to strike out six to seven guys, and he's going to give up two to three runs because that's what Justin Steele does every game, and he's going to get around 17 to 18 fantasy points. I don't hate the idea of getting some steel because he's 9,500. That price tag is not, is not as restrictive as some of the other aces on this slate, but more of just like uh, I build a stack. Oh, I have 95 ish hundred left. Yeah. I'm good with Justin Steele as opposed to somebody I'm trying to jam into lineups. Yeah. Perfectly broken down. Like steel is a better real life pitcher than he is a DFS pitcher. He's around league average and strikeouts. Um, he has been going deeper into games. Like it's nice to see a couple of these hundreds in the game log. Um, he had been a guy that they wouldn't push much past 85 or 90 um, a couple months ago, but th- like he's been a horse for the Cubs this year. They've really leaned on him here in the second half. They're going to do it again. They're, they just lost to Milwaukee on Monday night, falling even further back in the division race. They need that, that length that we've been talking about a couple of times here. They need some length from Justin Steele in this one. Um, 9,500 is not a price I'm excited to pay for an average strikeout pitcher. But like you said, if, if he's, if I have 9,500 exactly, and I love the rest of my lineup, he, he's not a guy that's going to hurt you. I'm, I'm just concerned about the upside is really the thing. I have no need to target play any bats in this spot. I honestly feel like this is a game that if you just want to X out everything, you're probably not going to regret it afterwards. It's going to be one of those games that's probably going to end four three maybe somebody hits a home run the pitchers each get 18 ish points which for their prices you don't need and then you get to move on um next spot though we have pittsburgh and kansas city no total yet in this one uh we're expected to have ortiz luis ortiz pitching for uh uh pitching for pittsburgh at 5k going up against cole reagan's at 6k uh, do you have any interest in Luis Ortiz? He's gone eight innings up to 97 pitches once. Um, I think they're willing to to let him roll a little bit as long as he's not uh, doing terribly. You gonna you gonna try and take a shot on Luis Ortiz at five uh, K? I don't think so, and it's just because he has not shown the ability to throw strikes at all. Um, even in the minors, this is a massive problem for Luis Ortiz. He's a prospect with big time stuff, but he just he really has no idea where it's going. Um, I'm looking looking up some some walk rates right now. Um, yeah, 10, 10.8% walk rate in AAA, 11.5% in in the majors, and it, it feels like it's worse than that. Like when he just doesn't have it, um, he like he loses it in a hurry. Five walks in his last start, for example, um, he did strike out five and three in a third innings, but like he's just he the control is a, is a major problem for me um i like the matchup against kansas city i like that he has strikeout ability but it it just feels like i'm asking for disaster with with that walk rate counterpoint oviedo just went a full nine inning game against uh, against kansas city so that offense is it's like you said we're not too worried about that offense just in case he's hitting the strike zone, we'll see. We'll see who this umpire is. At five K, I'm I'm down to take some shots. Maybe not instead of Reagan's, but in addition to Reagan's, and I can full stack Atlanta, who although that looked like it wasn't going to work too well on Monday night, is finally starting to come together. 
as they are up to eight runs in the seventh uh, in the seventh inning now. Um, Reagan's on the other side. Price, considering this is the top guy on the slate. Absolutely, my favorite pitcher on the slate. Um, I feel like I was on his breakout a couple of starts ago. Um, I, I wrote up his strikeout prop, um, dropped it in the Discord for for people for free. Just a guy that I I, I like, hit a I, big parlay that day because of that. Beautiful, love that. Yeah, you had some home runs with it or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Good, good stuff. Um, he, guy started throwing a slider when he came from Kansas City. Uh, came over in the the Chapman trade to Texas. Uh, former first rounder, big time pedigree, big time stuff. Just hadn't put it together with Texas. Kansas City unlocked something. Um, he he found about two miles an hour on his fastball. And he started throwing a slider that has just been, it's been destroying lefties completely. Um, he's uh, like, he's on his way to being an, an outstanding starting pitcher. He's, he's already been that. Like, just look at his game logs. The strikeout numbers are insane. He's got two 11s in there, a nine, five and eight uh, since, since coming over to Kansas city, the, the stuff is, is translating. He's commanding it. Well, he's, he's throwing 95 plus pitches every time he goes out. Why is he 6K? I have no idea. He, he just dominated Oakland for 11 strikeouts, put up 38 DraftKings points. Dominated the Cubs, nine strikeouts, put up 23 and a half DraftKings points. This guy should be 8K. Um, he's 2,002 cheap in this spot, and it has a fantastic matchup against, uh, against Pittsburgh. I don't think it would be foolish by any means to play him in 100% of the lineups you play because that price tag is just too cheap. He could, he could disappoint and have 15 fantasy points in this spot. He can yep. be like, you, you can be like, ah, I really wanted more from Cole Reagans here. And you look at his score and because he struck out seven guys, he's still got 15 points despite giving up some runs. So Reagans, I think is definitely the top pitcher on the slate. I can't Keep an eye on that strikeout prop tonight. It has not dropped yet. I'm, I'm going to hammer it as soon as it drops. If it's below seven, like if we get a, a five and a half or a six and a half number, I'm right back on that, that strikeout prop for Reagans. Yeah, I like that quite a bit as well. I don't think I'm going to mess with Pittsburgh against him. Like, I totally understand the game theory aspect of Reagans is going to be super chalky, stack Pittsburgh against him. That makes sense. Just don't think that's going to be my personal strategy in this spot. Kansas City sucks, but they're facing a pitcher who sucks. What do you do? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I kind of have some interest in the in the value here. They're really cheap, which is nice. Ortiz is going to walk some people. Um, like Drew Waters at 3,200, Massey at 3,200. I don't know that, I, that I'm that i targeting with. Like Kansas City's not going to be a full stack. I'm not going to play them as they're going to break the slate with a 10-run performance. It's more I'm going to use the two or three pieces alongside my premium stack uh, to help make round out my lineup. And, and guys like Massey, who has second base eligibility, Waters, who's cheap, uh, Velasquez is cheap. Isbell, if he's in there, like it just depends on what the lineup looks like and and which of these three K guys find their way into the lineup. But I, I don't mind a couple value pieces. I said on Crunch Time that I wasn't playing DFS, but if I were, I'd be stacking Atlanta with Harrison and Rodriguez, and I'm feeling pretty upset right now that I didn't do those two things. <laughs> but I think. Call me crazy, but I think you can just rinse, repeat, do the exact same thing on Tuesday that we did on Monday. Play Cole Reagans, take a shot on another pitcher who's under 8K, and you stack Atlanta in Coors. Um, 
we got Charlie Morton going up against uh, going up against Kaufman. I actually kind of really hope that Morton is going to people are going to be like, ah, Coors, I'm not playing him because he was terrible for a while, walking way too many guys. And then he went, mm, just kidding. I remember how to do this. <laughs> and all of those walks, he just took them, erased them and channeled them into his strikeouts uh, because he's been lights out the last couple of games. Yes, it's Coors Field. Colorado is terrible, but I actually like myself to Morton at 8,500. Interesting. Yeah, uh, Morton has just been dominant. I want to see what he's been doing that with. He's, he's a guy who has plenty of pitches. If, if he's been leaning on that curveball a ton in his last two starts, I would have some slight hesitation here just because we're in Coors at altitude and curveballs don't generally work out very well. Um, I haven't had time to do a deep dive on that, but that is my only hesitation here. Um, I, I still think like Morton seems to do this every, every year. Like he goes through the stretch where he's just awful and you're like, Oh, he's 40 years old. That's the end. It makes complete sense. And then he comes out and he's just lights out for two months straight. Um, so I, I do like this call. I, I am very intrigued night before, as we're recording, I have not done as deep of a dive as I will do before we get to, uh, before we get to lock tomorrow, um, I'll I'll be on a show. I think I'm on Grinders Live tomorrow, so tune into Grinders Live tomorrow to to find out my true thoughts on Mar- Morton. But I think it's a great call by you that that we should be interested here and not just be overlooking it. The MLB DFS gods have been doing their very best to pair us together as much as possible. Because are we yeah, together again? Live on Tuesday, TJ, Keith, and Dean. Let's go. Um, so we're going to be running it back again. Lambert for Colorado, we're not going to play him. We're not even going to bother talking about him because Atlanta's the top stack on the board. Best offense in baseball going up against going up against a meth pitcher in Coors with a terrible bullpen in Coors. Ronald Acuna still up over 7K. Matt Olson, 6.9. But we got some cheap pitchers on this slate, making it easy enough to still get yourself as many Braves as possible. Yep, absolutely. Like this slate, just it, it's a mirror image of a Monday night. You, we have the cheap guy that has the big time upside. You find another one to to play with him to fit in five Braves. Like the Braves are a team that we target on every single slate. So why wouldn't we target them against bad pitching in Coors Field? We're, we're absolutely rinse and repeat, do the same thing. Yep, Exactly. We got Kyle Harrison up at nine strikeouts through four oh, innings. Guy is absolutely mowing down uh, the San, or the Cincinnati Reds. For Colorado, I don't have any interest in a full stack here, despite it being Coors. Like, you absolutely can. If I'm playing 150 lineups, I'm not going to X out Coors, uh, Colorado stack. But for me, it's mostly just Ryan McMahon, Nolan Jones, or nothing. Yeah, the, yep, the lefties. I, I agree with you. It's McMahon and Jones. Blackman, I you could talk me into a, a share or two of Blackman. Not, he's just not a guy we're excited to play at this point in his career. But he is swinging a bat in course Field, so he's fine. I don't love the full stack. I think even if Morton has trouble missing bats because of the altitude, he's still he's still a solid pitcher, and he's going to do okay here. So I don't love the Colorado stack. This is just a bad offense, and I'm, I'm really only interested in the lefties. Oakland at Seattle. We got a seven and a half total in this one. Ken Waldachuk going up against George Kirby. Any interest in Waldachuk at 5,800? 
another another cheap guy that I don't know. I'm not excited to throw darts at. It, does he make my pool? I think it depends on on Reagan's ownership again. Um, just like the Quintana conversation, I really hope that I don't need him. I hope that I can just go 80% Reagan's and, and feel pretty good about it. I think that's more than likely where I end up, and Waldachuk doesn't make the pool. That being said, Seattle does have strikeouts in the lineup. Um, I'm, I'm going to be will, willing to do some some dirty things to get Braves in my lineup is is basically where I'm at. So if I need Waldachuk, it's whatever. You hold your nose and, and hope that it works out, but definitely not excited about it. What do you want Keith to do in order to get Braves into his lineup? So let us know <laughs> in chat. I'm going to... I'm going to play Waldachuk um, because Seattle is probably going to be my highest owned stack, not named Atlanta. Um, and so I'm also going to have some Waldachuk as well because Seattle strikes out a decent amount. They got a lot of power though. And Waldachuk has shown the ability to get some K's put together some decent games every now and then. What about George Kirby on the other side? Great matchup, but a uh, pretty tough price tag at nine, seven to get to, uh, to get to him against a team that has a lot of lefties and he's a pretty aggressively splitsy pitcher. Yeah, I don't love the price tag for Kirby. Um, I will will say that Seattle is in in the middle of a pennant race now, um, leading the AL West, winning on Monday night, so it doesn't look like that lead's going away anytime. And Kirby's a, been a guy that they've really leaned on. Early in the season, they were super cautious with him. They would barely let him go over 90 pitches. He's been over 100 in two of his last three so I do feel like the leash is being let out a little bit on Kirby here. That being said, he's still not an elite strikeout pitcher. He he can flash those elite strikeout games. Um, he's really just more of a control guy. I don't know that I'm chasing the big strikeout game against Oakland here. I just don't think there's that they're scary enough where he's going to be chasing strikeouts a ton. Um, 9,700. It's a fantastic matchup, obviously. George Kirby's a fantastic pitcher. But like steel, same price range too. Um, just a, a just be, about be, to say, he's George a better real life pitcher than DFS. What's that? George Kirby or Justin Steele? Yeah, I mean it, that's a that's a really tough conversation because of the matchup. I think you got to lean Kirby, but it, it's really close. I agree, and I don't really want to do either. Oakland yeah. against Kirby, I think you can take like a Seth Brown one off, something like that. But I don't think we have any interest in stacking Oakland in this spot. Seattle's no. my favorite stack on the slate, not named Atlanta. Yeah, I'm right there, right there with you. Um, I absolutely love them on on Monday night. They're starting to put some runs together, um, four in, four runs through four innings. So it, it could be going better. But they're in another great spot. It's Oakland. We've tar- targeted Oakland all year long. Um, it's a mediocre left-handed pitcher, which is exactly who I want to play some of these Seattle bats. Uh, We just got uh, ourselves a nice little Spidey bomb because Julio Rodriguez just hit a homer and they got six uh, runs now. Beautiful. (laughs) Nice. Love that. Um, Yeah. Let's go right back to Julio. One of the best hitters in baseball. Dude has been scorching hot. Um, Maybe overlooked his teammate Teoscar Hernandez has been scorching hot in August as well. Um, I wrote up Teoscar on Monday night against the lefty. I'm going right back to him. Dude that has raked against lefties his entire career. Um, Suarez has struggled against lefties this year, surprisingly, because he's been really good at uh, outside of this season against lefties. I'll go right back to Suarez. 
Um, Ty France at 4K. I'm, I'm with you. I, I love this this Seattle stack again. Dylan Moore was a cheap guy that we used a little bit on Monday night. I'm shortstop eligible, outfield, outfield eligible, 3200. Um, don't don't mind that if he, especially if he's in that six hole again. Yeah, I love that. I got to say, as my Blue Jays are just struggling against left-handed pitching this year, it would I I, I have found myself missing Teoscar Hernandez on occasion. So. Uh, love that very, un- very underrated player pretty terrible in the field but yeah. uh, uh always been amazing against lefties and then against righties sometimes very very capable and then other times just strikes out 75 percent of the time for like a month um <laughs> but this year he's been pretty darn good we got san francisco at cincinnati second last game on the slate Alex Cobb going up against Williamson here. Do you have any interest in Williamson going up against San Francisco? Pretty decent strikeout matchup at 6,500. You look at his season stats, they don't look too great. But you look at his recent performances, the guy's gotten some strikeouts and put together some pretty good performances. It's wild. Um, When Brandon Williamson got called up by the Reds earlier this season, like he was, he was not deserving of a call up. He was getting absolutely thrashed in AAA. He's actually been better in the majors than he was in AAA this season. It has me thinking that he was clearly working on a specific thing in AAA, and he just did not care about the results. He's proven to be a better pitcher than than what he was showing in AAA prior to his call up. Um, but the call-up didn't make sense given the stats at the time. So whatever he was working on, they were clearly happy with. And he's been pretty good here recently. I love this matchup against San Francisco. As big of a ballpark upgrade almost as you can get in baseball going from Great American Ballpark out to San Francisco. Um, San Francisco strikes out at, I believe, the fourth highest rate in baseball. This is a really good spot for Brandon Williamson. I see myself using a lot of Regans and Williams paired together and, and getting that that full brave stack here, I, I'm I'm highly interested in Williamson. I feel exactly the same way. I got a lot of interest in Williamson, and even though he struggled lately, I got a lot of interest in Alex Cobb on the other side as well because the Reds strike out a lot. And even though Cobb has struggled, this is a guy that gets a ton of ground balls, and the Reds have a ton of ground ball hitters. The Reds are mostly ground ball hitters, and so they strike out a lot and have a lot of ground ball hitters. I think Cobb in a great ballpark Cincinnati get the batters getting such a big ballpark downgrade like you mentioned previously with the pitching I think Cobb is totally viable in this spot as well yeah I'm I'm right there with you he like 6,800 is is cheap for Cobb um another guy who has been going a little deeper he's been over 90 in in three straight gets a matchup against Cincinnati Cincinnati is is an exciting young offense but they're an offense with a lot of swing and miss um the, or in the past month, they've struck out the second highest rate in all of baseball. So Cobb has has strikeout stuff when he needs it. He will pitch to contact quite a bit, much like George Kirby. Like um, he he tries literally like that's his his strategy is trying to throw ground balls as much as he tries to to make guys swing and miss. But he has a dirty splitter. He has a ninety six mile an hour fastball. There's there's plenty of stuff in here when he needs it. Um, I I think that this is a good upside spot for Alex Cobb. I'm I'm interested. I wouldn't be surprised if the two pitchers in this game and the, and then Cole Reagans are my three highest owned pitchers on the slate. I think maybe mix in Dean Kramer in there. Um, and those would probably be my most exposed pitchers on the entire slate. I love that call. Yep. Um, 
I don't really want to get to the bats in either offense in uh, this spot. San Francisco, it's a tough ballpark to hit in. Um, Cincinnati against Cobb, yeah, maybe they can hit some homers. Don't really want to go there. San Fran against Williamson. Wilmer Flores is probably going to hit a home run. Um, but I don't think I want to hit a – I don't want to do a full stack. Yeah, it, it's the ballpark. Like, it's not not exciting. Um, San Francisco does the pinch hit thing. Now, that they are dealing with some injuries, so maybe they don't do that as much. Um, but both of these pitchers have been really solid lately. So because of the ballpark and, and the talent at pitching, I, I don't think I'm real interested in either side here. Yeah, I'm with you there 100%. Speaking of not interested in either side – not really interested, and I, I think you can cross this entire game off the slate, and you'd probably be okay. Eight and a half total, Merrill Kelly at Clayton Kershaw, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, probably going to be a great real-life baseball game, but Merrill Kelly at 9,100 coming off a massive game against the Reds. I'm not going back to the well against uh, the Dodgers. No thank you for me. Um, and then Clayton Kershaw on the other side of this, 10-2, um still rolling with a little bit of a pitch count i'm not playing clayton kershaw against a good offense like arizona at that high price tag yeah i I, there's no way you can pay 10k for for clayton kershaw in a matchup against a high contact arizona team and we we'd be lucky to get 80 pitches like i know his last start got cut short by rain but he hadn't been over 80 in any of his three um before the injury or two working back from injury they're going to be super cautious with Kershaw as they should be. They're a playoff team. They, they need him if they're going to make a deep playoff run with all the injuries they've dealt with at pitcher. I, I think they're going to continue to be super cautious with Kershaw. No chance we're paying 10K. Same with Merrill Kelly on the other side. Just match up with the Dodgers. Kelly's a nice a quality above average starting pitcher, but he's not striking out 12 Dodgers. So no thanks on 9,100 for, for Merrill, Merrill Kelly. Arizona against Kershaw no thank you um Dodgers against Kelly look you can play the Dodgers every single night it's not a great matchup but Kelly gets wild on occasion and you can play the Dodgers any night yeah I mean I I I don't know that I'm excited to play them against Merrill Kelly I I do think Kelly is a, a really solid pitcher similar to the situation Monday night with the Dodgers against Gallon now, Gallon is even more talented than Kelly, but Kelly could still have plenty of success here. Like you said, I think we just crossed this whole game off. I, I'm not interested in pitching, and I'm not interested in bats. Yeah, I uh, agree with you 100%. So we might as well just get right into the morning grind game. Who's a pitcher under – this sucks. Who's a pitcher <laughs> under 8K who's going to get six or more strikeouts? Well, I mean, you know I'm going with my guy, but I think there are three quite good options under 7K. So it's not like I'm leaving you with nobody, uh, but I'm I'm going Cole Reagans. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Williamson, I think, here. Who do you got over 8K who's going to score 15 or less fantasy points? Who's going to buck? Um, let's see here. I will go... I almost want to do Kershaw, but I'm, I'm not going to go out on that limb. He, he could get there even in 75 pitches. Uh, give me give me Merrill Kelly against the Dodgers. I'm going to go uh, J.P. France going up against Boston. Yep. Who do you got to uh, hit a home run today? Batter over 4K to hit a home run. 
Um, Teoscar's over 4K, right? Yep, just barely. 4,300. Teoscar Hernandez. Love love him against lefties. Another fantastic spot for him going right back to him. You're going to stay on the same team and go back to my guy as well. Julio Rodriguez is going to knock one out of the park. Who do you got under 4K to get two or more hits? Give me Drew Waters, a guy who's been playing really well for Kansas City here recently. Um, Ortiz has has big stuff. If if he doesn't walk uh, if he doesn't walk twice or three times, Waters has a good chance here um, as a lefty against Ortiz. So I like that one. I'm gonna go Mitch Garver. I uh, like him quite a bit in this spot against the lefty. So I'm gonna go, go with Mitch Garver. Stacked scores six or more runs. Who do you, outside of Coors? Who do you got, and why is it the Seattle Mariners? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is where I, I'm leaning. This this team has been absolutely red hot. I'm not scared of the pitcher they're facing, Waldachuk. It's it's another lefty. The bullpen is terrible, and that's what really that's really why I'm on them as much as it is the starters. It's the bullpen that you have nine innings of of prime run scoring opportunity here. So. It, it is the Mariners that I, I love them just as much as you do. Sorry if I stole them. That's one of the reasons why I would really have no interest in fading Coors on this slate is because there's the Braves and the Mariners that are really by far my two favorite teams. And it's a 12-game slate, and I usually don't feel that confident with that much separation between these other teams. Um, I think I'm going to go with Baltimore. I like Baltimore quite a bit in tournaments going up against Schultons and the White Sox. So I'm going to roll with Baltimore. Keith, we made it through 12 games in an hour. We started the broadcast on time. Uh, I, I didn't forget. And so we were actually starting at 10 Eastern like we were supposed to. We hit live at the proper time. I think we did pretty good here, my man. This is a quality redemption, TJ. Awesome show. Good stuff, my man. I, uh, I'll take my L's, but you know, I usually learn from the mistakes and, uh, and bounce back strong. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Everyone who tuned in live, if you're listening on YouTube the next day, make sure you smash that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And, uh, Keith and I are going to be back later in the day, Tuesday on grinders live with Dean. So make sure you're tuned into that as well. Thank you so much to everyone who, uh, joined and we will see you tomorrow.